Laura, there was a time when talking about orcas referred to killer whales, but now it's uh, more likely killer submarines, those other marine predators. There's uh, to be, of course, an announcement in San Diego about uh, what this three-way orcas deal between the US, UK and Australia. All the, the information will come to hand after our chat, but before the afternoon repeat... A lot of speculation about the announcement, Laura. A lot of speculation, Philip. So many people saying so many things about so much they don't really know about. Um, I've got to say, my favourite description today was that it looked, um, for all the world, like a goat rodeo, which I'm not quite sure what it is, but it sort of sounds quite good. But I think, I mean, there there are a couple of things here, Philip. One of them is... Um, we're all suddenly experts on Virginia-class and astute-class submarines. Um, I, mean, I know that's one of your specialties in life. Um, but, I mean, there is, there's a lot of really big-picture issues here, Philip. This is like the most discussed, or the most talked about and least discussed change in policy that is really, really significant for Australia that I can think of. Um, I mean, it's not just about what happens with the submarines and, you know, we can talk about that in a minute, but I mean, I'm just, I've just been sitting here thinking about it today and thinking this really is going to tilt, tilt the scales of our political debate back into foreign policy and defence in a way that I think will even outdo the whole national security, you know, structure that came up after 9-11. I think you know, the massive amount of money involved, um, the way it changes our sort of, uh, our foreign credentials, everything else, I think it's just, I don't think people have actually stopped and thought about how that's going to be, you know, another world as of tomorrow. I think it's going to be very, very significant and take a long time to really, um, you know, sort of sink in. It's going to take a long time until our anti-yellow submarines surface or indeed sink, isn't it? Well, and when you say our submarines, Philip, this is, I think, one of the things that's emerging to be a bit of a laugh. I mean, from what we know so far, um, there, there are sort of various stages of this. One of them is I'm going to speculate very confidently that for at least the next, uh, say, 10 years what we will see is American and UK submarines uh, based in Australia or visiting very regularly, in inverted commas. Um, that is not not submarines that have anything to do with us, but just US submarines and UK submarines coming here. Uh, and then... Well, that's, that's um, very kind of them, Laura. Oh, I'm glad you think so, Philip. It is probably... It's, it's, it's right neighbourly, you could say. <laughs> Anyway, so I'm just saying, I'm just saying, Philip, that's what's going to happen. And then there's talk about us getting some bracket second-hand American submarines, three or five, depending on whether, um, you know, depending on who's in office, frankly, in uh, in the White House, uh, because there are a whole heap of issues associated with that. And then in the 2040s, uh, we're going to actually start building some, and but we might actually be building British submarines, not American submarines. And so everybody will have trained on the American submarines, but it's okay because we're then going to build the British ones. I mean, 
It, look, I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not a military genius, but I'm thinking the whole thing sounds like a complete shambles. And this sort of promise of twenty thousand jobs. I'm not sure where that's supposed to come from. And well, um, that's yeah. that's a particular concern to South Australia's political leadership. You bet you because they're on a promise to start building. Yeah, well, they're on a promise to start building, and that was what Scott Morrison promised. You know, back in the day, that uh, these these submarines would be built in Australia. Well, you know, it, de- it depends how you define these submarines, pale face. You know, it's like um, at some point these d- submarines that don't actually exist yet uh, will be built in Adelaide, um, and they'll, it'll all be fantastic. And there's some suggesting in the meantime we'll all become much better at servicing the other submarines. Uh, look, I just think, you know, we'll we'll wait to see until tomorrow what what um, what transpires. But you know, I'm nothing I hear has been really filling me with um, confidence that this thing actually all s- sort of hangs together. Well, Laura, I take great comfort in the fact that the bipartisanship is is so striking to the extent that we had uh, Tanya and Barnaby Joyce both agreeing with each other on exactly. Channel Seven today. Exactly. So you know, it's it's a it's a very vibrant debate in the political world, Philip. That um that we're doing all of this, and you know, there are so many questions that arise from it, and one prism to just sort of set set your mind running, I suppose, is what what if Donald Trump wins the next U.S. presidential election? Oh, please, this is a family program. Well, yes, but, you know, one has to be prepared for all all eventualities, even if he doesn't do anything really wild on foreign policy. I mean, in some ways he might actually prevent a war because he said that, you know, he he doesn't want to uh, defend Taiwan or go to war over Taiwan, which is, you know, know, one perfectly, you know, reasonable position to have. Uh, uh, You know, others might disagree with it, but regardless of that his sort of protectionist position um, must make you wonder about whether he would be prepared to uh, relinquish uh, submarines to Australia. I mean, all the signs once again are that this uh, strategy has been cooked up in a way where the Americans basically continue to um, develop and manufacture their submarines for a really long period of time. And then the Brits get uh, something that will prop up their submarine industry. And there's not all that much reassurance that we get to do very much. I mean, there's there's talk about, you know, oh, well, you know, once Australia's worked up its capacity, you know, it'll be great. Um, but once again, we don't have the people. I mean, we don't even have enough submariners to crew, <laughs> to crew a Virginia-class submarine, Philip. We don't have enough... Submariners to crew Collins class submarines. It's like the whole thing is just, you know, if, if people weren't saying it with great gravitas and lots of flags behind them, you'd sort of think it was funny. It's just, it's, it's so full of holes that um, it, it don't lives tell, in a bit Don't tell me our submarines are full of holes. I couldn't handle it. <laughs> anyway, oh I'm not sure this is going to play that well with the punters. The blowback to the Asian Sydney Morning Herald after, over their red alert. Uh, messages saying we would be at war in 10 minutes or less has suggests that the the voters aren't in 
con- all that convinced we're on the right tack? Uh, well, uh, it, I mean, look, it was uh, a very unique way of approaching things in uh, the twi- 21st century in a media sense, I thought, Philip, the, the um, way the, um, the smage, as we fondly refer to it, um, approached that issue. I mean, look, there is a legitimate question of what are the Chinese doing? They're obviously getting much more assertive and it is alarming and it is driving the way uh, policymakers in Canberra think about foreign policy, the way Americans are thinking about it, the way the whole world is thinking about it. You know, th- nobody's questioning that. The question is, you know, is it, uh, is it something where they're going to be attacking us in three years' time, which sort of seemed to be the suggestion? Um, or that you know that we're going to war in three years' time. Well, once again, you know this is this is this is an open question. There's, there is a, there is a debate um, in in Australia about whether we do actually have to go to war over Taiwan. Um, you know, you know, in, in, in just in the sense, and this is something, of course, Paul Keating has argued. He says, look, we've got no alliance with Taiwan. We've never recognised Taiwan. You know, our policy is one China. Um, so there is no obligation for us to do so, except for the fact that we would say we're standing up for democratic values. But once again, by getting engaged in the AUKUS agreement, uh, if the Americans decide that they're going to go to war over Taiwan, that's going to make it very hard for us not to go to war over Taiwan. Let's talk briefly in the moments we have left about the robo-debt uh, wash-up. There have been some devastating analyses at the conclusion of the hearings. There have been some devastating uh, analyses and, uh, you know, we, we've got to take our hats off um, to Rick Morton at the Saturday paper, Stroke the Monthly, and also to the Guardian's coverage of this. Um, and, in fact, the Royal Commissioner singled them out today for uh, commendation on the coverage of these issues. Uh, I think the, um, I mean, what the, the, there are two levels of this. One of them is, you know, the devastating picture it presents of um, the bureaucratic breakdown of process and um, and stubborn determination to proceed in the face of evidence that they shouldn't be proceeding, whether it was because it was unlawful or for any other reason, but also just this ministerial incompetence and um, slovenliness, which meant that that uh, they just proceeded with it similarly and lied about it, uh, you know, t- to the detrimental cost of over four hundred thousand people, uh, and and including some who who took their own lives. Um, it's going to be fascinating to see where the royal commissioner comes down in terms of, you know, what. Who, who should pay a penalty for what has happened. Finally, a few words on seven words. Proposal to add seven to the constitutional amendment. This is a really interesting story was it, that was in the Sydney Morning Herald uh, today, Philip, which was about um, you know this apparent impasse over concerns that the suggestion that the, the voice uh, would be able to um, talk to the executive government um, it, it's uh, been revealed that Mark Dreyfus has made a suggested change, which would basically say that uh, that uh, the, the Parliament could make laws over you know, the structure of the voice and various other things, but also over its you know, capacity to talk to the government. 
Um, now, apparently this was rejected by the uh, working group on the referendum uh, proposal last week, but I think it just shows that there is considerable anxiety and still a fair bit of um, water to go under the bridge on, on the technicalities of this question to make sure that whatever comes up has its best chance of success. All these aquatic or naval terms, water over the bridge, you and I will come back to AUKUS next week, Laura, when we know more about it. I've been talking to Laura Tingle, Chief Political Correspondent, 7.30. Think bigger about the world we live in. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.